0: Welcome to BuildCast, a podcast brought to you by BCG Digital Ventures.
1: My name is Sid Shah, and I'm a managing director and partner at BCG Digital Ventures. A lot has changed over the past few weeks with the COVID-19 crisis, changing the way we live and work, and having a huge impact on technology and business. With this in mind, we're putting out a series of short BuildCast episodes covering how things are changing. For this episode, I'm joined by my good buddy, Rob DeRoe. He's a managing director and partner at Digital Ventures, and he's got a wealth of experience in growth marketing and data-driven marketing. He comes from a world of publishing, gaming, and agency, so he's seen the marketing function evolve. Today, we'll be talking about how companies should think about their marketing spend during this crisis, what metrics are crucial to understand, and the levers to pull to optimize spend. Enjoy. Rob, um, when, when companies are thinking about Growth marketing or data-driven marketing. How are they thinking about it before COVID, and how are they thinking about it now? Yeah, I
0: think I think one of the interesting things is you really see this next phase of digitization of the customer journey in a, a number of industries. It's more acute, but really across the board. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of the industries that might have had omni-channel cha- challenges, like you know retail, retail banking, um, even you know healthcare to an extent. You're seeing the digitization and then, and what that's bringing is a little bit of clarity to their marketing. Um, you're also seeing a lot of people pull dollars out of, you know, television, traditional means, you know, print, outdoor, et cetera, and moving towards digital. Um, so they're also getting a little bit more clarity there from a channel perspective. So not only is their transactional channel simplifying, but also their means in which they're running advertising. So I think, you know, what we're starting to see is, a, a good bit of concentration in channels that are really measurable. And I think you'll see a continued push towards, you know, understanding the true efficacy of their marketing. This is something that early digital natives have done for the last, gosh, probably, you know, five, even 10 years. Uh, and what you'll see with digital natives is that they'll start with very digital know, trackable techniques and and tactics, and then they'll expand to things that are a little bit harder to measure. Uh, And so now we're seeing that a lot with a lot of these traditional advertisers. And then we're also seeing a bit of a scramble to, you know, to digitize where they hadn't before. I think one of the lines I I heard recently was, you know, we had kind of three years of of activity or digital growth in three weeks. And so um, everyone everyone really has to move quickly to to capture the customer demand and the shift in, in the customer
1: behavior. You said two things that I wanted to poke on. The first thing was that people are still doing print and, and, and above the line. Like who who's approving that? You know, like why is that even a thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think a lot of the the. Print in regards to circulation is has you know died down so think about newspapers magazines I think newsstand keeps some of them alive at the airports which is probably this is the nail in the coffin at the moment uh, but direct mail tends to work quite well and I think direct mail you'll still see you know a fair bit of activity if not even if not an acceleration of it um, I think on the linear television side with the, the with the uh, the lack of live events and sports you're seeing a massive hit there and so you're seeing huge Pools of money be removed from that ecosystem, and I think with you know OTT and SVOD like there or you know over the top uh, internet television and subscription video, a lot of these aren't ad formats, and so some of those dollars you know don't have a place to go from a, a high reach brand awareness perspective. Obviously, YouTube, you know, Google and Facebook are picking up a lot of that. I think to a large degree, and coming from two print companies in my past, um, you know, the circulation. Pin- print business is is pretty much dead
1: yeah i I would hope so um and if it's not those people should be fired uh if you if you're an early stage to a well-established company what are the levers you would be pulling right now from a marketing perspective to get the most value um out of your investments that you're making you know do you do you continue them do you stop them Do you reprioritize them you know what is what is the strategy here
0: yeah, I think this is like it's a little bit of like feast or famine in some regard. So it depends a little bit on your product and and product market fit as it pertains to, to COVID and and this new world that we're entering. So if you had, if you do have a product uh, that's you know low price point consumable, let's say, or or even electronics, um, something that uh, you know caters to you know time and in in, in in quarantine, you know, you probably want to be really getting after it and and flexing those channels like Facebook and Google, where CPMs are down because advertisers, even though they've pulled out of other means of other, you know, traditional means and moved into digital, the net effect actually has been lower CPMs within Facebook and Google. So there's actually a really cost-effective paradigm going on right now to advertise. Um, And so you do have a product and you're seeing favorable unit economics meaning your customer acquisition cost is less than your LTV or even your, you know, immediate unit cost. Then I would just, you know, go, go after it with all the cash that you have. Um, If you're in an, if you're in an industry or you have a product that is perhaps a premium product, uh, you might want to shift to, you know, cash preservation mode or think about partnerships or think about organic means. Like, can you focus on your conversion or your SEO, things that you control, um, but don't require much additional capital? Uh, another thing to think about is could you pivot or are there elements of your product or business that you could get involved with some of these, you know, high demand uh, areas. So like telehealth, telemedicine, e-pharmacy, you know, communication, obviously we see with Zoom and and all the other forms of digital communication really blowing up. Entertainment, you know, entertainment has been uh, a boom. I think Um, you're seeing even, uh, some e-commerce businesses, well, most e-commerce businesses, but I'm thinking of like smaller goods businesses really doing well. So, you know, think about any adjacencies to your business that could be like a micro pivot, uh, particularly in this time that you can monetize from.
1: You mean just from a, from an ad perspective or actually from a product perspective?
0: Yeah, I think from both.
1: Okay. All right. That's interesting. You know, we, we talked a lot about data. Um, a, a few months ago, Facebook came out and said, uh, you know, the way they capture, you know, certain metrics, um, you know, was kind of a lie, right? Or or it was misrepresented. Um, Agencies typically have never been known to have good metrics as well. Um, How do companies make sure that the dollar they're spending... Is attributable? It's accounted for. They know what the investment is. They know where the return on that investment is.
0: It's the age-old marketing question of you know, fifty percent of my marketing is working. And-
1: yeah, but I mean, it's it's different. It's different now. Is different now, right? I mean, because of I mean, because of you know, online and all these channels and tools, right?
0: Yeah, I think you know. Look, I think I think there's always been questions in the way that third parties have accounted for attribution um, analytics. And I think, you know, probably, you know, the most important thing is to really never never rely on someone else's data to tell you what's working or not and really put in the effort. And you know, the effort is is not trivial because there's still a lot of fragmentation. And so there's, you know, we use a lot of different models like media mix modeling, which is a regression analysis, which is very old measurement format. You take kind of all of the different signals and you try to understand what's driving a transaction. There's multi-touch attribution, which is where you basically look at click pathing. You look at people who've been exposed to certain impressions um, and you know, you try to string those together into you know an engagement stack or, you know, a click path of of what users have done along the journey to the
1: transaction. Who does this like companies should have people in-house that do this, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so you'll see that like with any, you know, strong digital natives and now mature companies as well, you know, this will sit either in a marketing analytics group or a business insights group. And so you'll see with, a, with the simpler the business, the easier this is to do, right? Because you have less noise that you're trying to really zero in on or narrow down rather. Um, and so the more complex your business gets, the, the more challenging this is. I think as we see with COVID pushing everyone to e and digital signals, if everything was a digital signal, multi-touch attribution would be far more effective. I think that. Where that falls down is when you start getting these offline signals, whether it be direct mail or linear television. You need to try to find a way to get the users that were exposed to those messages into the model, and it's not easy to do. If you're a pure play digital business and and you can get a view impression, you can get a click, you can can track, um, you can string that story together with a lot more comprehension – and then you can start making decisions accordingly. So I think, you know, with the deprecation of the cookie, which is coming in two years, you know, Safari's already, you know, done away with the third party cookies and Google's, you know, announcing that they're getting rid of them as well. I think it's going to really benefit Google and Facebook, these walled garden ecosystems. But it's also going to put, you know, a lot of pressure on the advertisers to make sure that, you know, Facebook, they're getting a straight answer from Facebook and Google to the extent they can, but they're also understanding conversion on, on their website and, the, you know, in their assets and, and the, the, the lifetime value and the customer acquisition cost the attributed customer acquisition costs, meaning I served two ads and then someone came through on a branded search query. You know, how do I distribute that value? And then where do I want to spend more money uh, against those channels? So it, it's, you know, a little bit like, you know, shame on Facebook for, and I don't recall like all the, the details, I believe it was something to do with, you know, viewability and impressions and impression counts on, on video. But, you know, it's also a little bit like up to the advertisers to, to you know, making sure that all of those top of funnel advertising events are translating into bottom, uh, bottle funnel transactions and revenue.
1: No, that's a good point. It it really should be on the on the marketer, their responsibility and, and not to take anything uh, at face value. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of metrics uh, right now when you were talking and I and I hear I hear a lot just getting thrown out, you know, whether they're in pitch decks to actual conversations to when people are asking for budgets you know, what do you think are the most important metrics that, you know, an e-commerce company or any kind of B2C company should be measuring? And, you know, which ones are are companies doing really well? And which ones are are, are companies not doing well at and could be doing much better at?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what we try to... What we try to do when we think about growth, we think about it holistically or the full customer journey. And what we want to do is make sure we're driving the most effective advertising or messaging at the top of the funnel to drive the highest value Creation at the bottom of the funnel, and so we we like to look at lifetime value to the extent it makes sense, and that th- it makes sense for the business, it usually does. And whether it's a you know, one-year curve, two-year, five-year, you know, we try to determine what the best LTV is. You know, so we, we obviously want to have retention, repeat usage, cross sell, and whatnot. So what 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 is the LTV, and then what is the customer acquisition cost? at the most statistically significant level to reach that LTV. Meaning, if I buy a paid search keyword, I want to understand, you know, not just the cpc of that term but you know what the conversion uh, the cpa is so the customer um, acquisition cost cost per acquisition uh, and then i want to understand the ltv so keywords are are worth very different things depending on the industry and so that's really what we've been pushing for is what is your desired margin and then how can you understand the customer value and then the customer cost and put that equation together and use that to make your decisions and it's actually not just paid media right like if we have organic optimization or SEO, search engine optimization, we're making content for our website. That content has a cost and it has a much longer payback period. Um, but as you get traffic in, it's free. So you know, how do you structure your content calendar uh, with the right amount of content to attract the right customer segments that, uh, that will create the highest value?
1: Are there are there really good tools that do that or do you think some of the tools out there are lacking in stitching that story together?
0: You know, I think there it, it is a bit of a gap because you have a lot of advertisers who don't want to, you know, populate uh, a lot of the back-end data to the front-end. So, it is something that you typically have a business insights team, you know, pulling together in a more bespoke way or I have a gaming background. And so at uh, the last company I was at, you know, we had 30 people in our business insights group just doing LTV and then working with the marketing team to say, Hey, here's, here's what uh, the values are of your, of the players you're attracting. Um, and then go buy against that accordingly. So there, is, so, so we actually compartmentalized it. And I think that's really important because you can give, your marketing team, who's really good at, you know, finding opportunities and making micro-optimizations a value to go hunt versus, you know, obviously having them do that calculation. And then you can have your business insights team do a really good job of drilling down into the value of the customer, um, and then extrapolating that back up to a a tangible lever. And I think that's like a big thing to string together is like, you want to get those, those customer lifetime values at, um, at at uh, at a, a level of granularity that actually can be adjusted to achieve scale. Meaning, it could actually be a single keyword, but maybe it's a cluster of branded keywords versus non-branded keywords, and so and then your marketing team can go and act accordingly.
1: Is it is it keyword or is it also like email address? Do you want to get to? You want to be able to get to that level, or or, or is that is that pretty standard?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know we're seeing a lot around the CRM meets the CDP. So you have like your customer relationship management systems um, and you have d- different means of addressability there. So like an email service provider could be one where you send an email to someone, but then you have these, you know, customer data platforms, which are marrying basically PII. So personally identifiable information um, as well as more anonymous signals like cookies. And so what you can do now is you can actually target individual customers Um you know, to the extent that you've permissioned them, of course, uh, with unique messaging, and so yeah, you can absolutely start to look at LTV per customer. But it, but but when it comes back to that statistical significance, you want to be able to drive bigger shifts and changes uh, at a one to one level. Um, you know, that in most industries, unless they were incredibly high value, uh, you know, you'd have diminishing returns. And so you look for cohorts, you look at groups of behaviors,
1: and then you start to adjust those groups. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Who who do you think does this very well?
0: You know, I think like a lot of the subscribe, I'm trying to think through like subscription service folks have done this particularly well. I mean, the gaming industry, particularly social gaming, when you think of some of the bigger players, like, uh, you know, machine zone or a king, uh, they have ultimate data. So they have all digital player data. They have all digital revenue. So they can really string together a complete story. Uh, And I've always been really impressed with, with, with those businesses. I think, you know, you see a lot of the digital natives do it do it quite well. Uh, you know, even like a, you know some of these uh, product folks like a, a a Casper or a Warby Parker. I mean, they're spending a lot on customer acquisition cost, and so I think where you see a lot of them fail is they overinvest on on customer acquisition, and maybe they don't get the LTV just right out the gate. And so they need to pull back a little bit. But I think, to a large degree, if you start with gaming and then kind of move out through the digital native ecosystem, you can find some good examples.
1: You know, we're we're going through a a global crisis right now, and typically in any type of downturn, marketing is usually the first department to go. Has that changed because marketing has become data driven now, and it's not. All fluff anymore, or it, it, are you seeing similar types of behaviors with some of the companies you're working with?
0: Yeah, I think we've tried to push marketing as a profit center, not a cost center, for a long time. I know I have personally, in, in my career, I've always felt that uh, I don't want to spend a dollar that I can't associate to a positive margin event and a revenue event. So, I do think you're seeing in in certain industries them taking advantage of low CPMS and and being able to do so because of the attribution and the analytics and the data-driven approach that they've taken over the last, you know, five ten years, and they've refined, and so they're they're in a windfall position. I think you have some other industries, and you have some some folks who are maybe later to the game, who are you know are, are not in that position, and and they they need to pull the marketing spend because they don't have that line of sight. But absolutely, I think uh, in any in any recession, even in a, you know oh eight oh nine, um, you see a lot of the folks who are. Maybe it's you know, the lower cost goods. It's, it's, it's where, you know, they're discounted or they're discounting sites. Like I think back to guilt group, which where the model made so much sense because they had tons of ex- uh the brick and mortars had tons of excess inventory. They were basically an online wholesaling shop. Um, and they had good margins. And so certain businesses tend to be counter-cyclical and when they can understand the efficacy of their marketing, uh, they are in a position to drive growth, uh, versus, you know, some others, unfortunately would, you know, should probably be better off sitting on the sidelines. Um, and, and taking that step back and honing their analytics, their attribution, their conversion, their organic, their partnerships. It's, it's a reflection moment for some and, and, a go all in for others.
1: Yeah. Okay, Rob, I, um, I think that's it. I really appreciate your insights and your time. Um, looking forward to re-listen to this and and really kind of understand, you know, what makes marketing tick right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information about BCG Digital Ventures,
1: find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, and stay tuned for more episodes of Buildcast.